being associated with Rick Sizemore. I, I just want to share, let's briefly share testimony of what God's done this weekend and just share what God shared with you about. Share with me. Share with me about, share with you about what. I don't need this. Um, let's see. Well, I guess just the revelation of, you know, how we don't need to come to God with a co- something covering our face, like the mask. And I have just a revelation for me to understand that that's something that I consistently do and probably have since I was little. And so, I'm, you know, that was really cool to be able to, you know, you kind of get that aha. And so now I'm in the, so now what do I do with that? Um, but it was, it was really good. I mean, it really ministered to me to, to realize I don't have to do that and, and realizing, oh, that's something I actually do, so we should not do that. Yeah. <laughs> anybody else? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, anybody else got something else? Excuse me. Uh, ben and Danielle brought me a Bavarian-filled Krispy Kreme donut. I mean, not, uh, I mean, Carol Lee donut. Their last one, too. That's love. Yeah, I prophesy. The basket, something they want to share? Please. Um, whoa. Uh, <laughs> last night during worship, when uh, we were doing uh, Show Me Your Glory, the Lord just started showing me these snippets from the, this past weekend. My daughter was married. And so little moments from the whole weekend. And the first one was just, I walked her down the aisle. So just before we walked down the aisle, we were standing there and she looked at me with this look of, it's one of those looks that because we have such a deep relationship over many years and we've walked through so much concerning her, uh, what she was about to do, walk down the aisle and be united with her soulmate, which we've been praying for for years and working through stuff in her heart. Well, anyway, that one moment was so meaningful and deep, just the way she looked at me like, here it is, mom, you know, and and the Lord said, that was my glory. You were face to face with me in that moment. And then there was a moment where there was a hummingbird that showed up on the scene. Well, my mom loved hummingbirds. And it was like this hummingbird made its presence very known. Everybody saw the hummingbird and it sort of just bursted out of nowhere. And instantly I heard, your mom is there. She's there. She's she's a part of this too, you know. And then the night before the wedding, we had a party and we had a we had swing dancing. And um, my husband and I were out there dancing, and he was just grinning from ear to ear because he doesn't like to dance. And he did it. He purposely found videos learning how to swing dance, and we practiced in the kitchen several times before the wedding. And he did it all for me, and we had the best time. And that was seeing God's face-to-face, that was seeing his glory. And so all these moments were coming to me during worship, and he was just saying, I'm always face-to-face with you. There are a thousand times every day where you see my glory, where I'm showing you my glory. You don't have to go, like, searching for some huge big moment. They're in the little moments, you know. And, And you prayed that about the sunsets and the flowers, and he was really just sharing that with me last night, and I was probably supposed to share it last night, so... I'm sharing it now, so he's just saying, look for the thousand, thousand times every day where you're seeing his face, and he's showing you his glory in the littlest moments. I like that. Good job, Bob. 
<laughs> Make it a roughest on the other guys, you know. Anybody else? So I didn't get to be here for most of the weekend, just this morning. Um, but one thing that uh, Craig kind of brought up that I brought up at the last men's dinner, just a revelation that the Lord gave me, is about uh, there's the, the set of angels that are looking at God day and night, night and day. And every day they see a different facet of his face, right? And so I, the Lord showed me it's kind of like a diamond. It's cut and it has all these different facets. And every time you turn it, it looks a little bit different, okay? But it's the same diamond and it's the same light coming out. And he said that each one of us, every human ever created, is a reflection of another facet of his face. And so as those angels are looking at him and crying holy, they're looking at us and crying holy. And then the other part that he really brought into it today, it was really cool when you brought up about the uh, seeing is dimly in a mirror. It's the difference is how clouded up and how scratched up are our mirrors, okay? We here as the leadership of, of this body are clearer than people who have just come in. I'm, my mirror is clearer today than when I walked in here eight, nine years ago. But just that, that reality that we are a direct reflection of his face, created in his image. Good praise. Good preaching, brother. Go on now. Anybody else? Well, let me uh, set to if you'd bring that up, please. Anybody else? Oh, there's somebody else. There's one more right now. Somebody. Who is it? Maybe it's Leanne. She just walked in the door. She's supposed to share. <laughs> where, where, where have you been, you and Mr. Morale? Wedding shower, y'all. <laughs> so, uh, Ben uh, had a um, no. In a few minutes, we're going to go into worship with Melissa, right? Cool. But I want to give a, I want to just share some things in relationship to where, what we're doing today so we can all have a clear focus and where we're going to go from there. But anyway, Ben, I want you to come here and share something real quick. And Chris, you might want to highlight it for it. Uh, yes, last night uh, we were in prayer before the meeting. A bunch of us left, and just before the meeting you started prophesying. Chris was telling me about this, so I wasn't in there. But you started pr prophesying a thing about baton. Can you tell them what you were praying then? Because you came up here and said something about it. And it's really relevant for today. Um, yeah, I guess the gist of it was, um, I don't know if you saw it, I guess it was late last night. Um, the U.S. men's Olympic relay team, they were going to win a bronze medal, but they were actually 
disqualified because they didn't pass the baton at a point in the leg of the race within the window that you're required to pass the baton. There's a 20 meter window and they didn't pass it within that window. So they were disqualified and they didn't get a bronze medal in that race. So I think in there it was prayer and prophesying that we would grab the baton, that the baton would be passed between the generations at the proper time within the window so that we wouldn't be disqualified from winning the prize. So, so what, uh, you know, Chris told me about that and, you know, and I think Ben's praying that and prophesying that and didn't really know the full extent of all the degree of what he was praying, which is cool. Um, I mean, it's really important to me this meeting today, because be honest with you, this meeting today is in essence a type of passing the baton. Um, before we start, then, let me just pray. <laughs> it would be a good spiritual thing to do, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, well, Jesus, we, uh, I just want to thank you for the honor, for the privilege of us, of me being able to be with these men and women of God who have been so faithful within these, this body called Dwelling Place. And Lord, who influence and, uh, and touch so many lives and so many ages and so many spheres. And so, Lord, we just want to set this time apart just to, uh, Lord, uh, just declaring it holy. And that really, Lord, it's a day of new beginnings for dwelling place. And so, Lord, I just thank you for this. And I ask, Lord, that you would come and lead and direct and move among us. So, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, uh, so about passing this baton, you know, when, uh, so just go through this real quick. You know, dwelling place has a unique structure, right, in which I don't think it's unique. I'm, Lord, forgive me for saying that. But I think it's really scriptural structure which God has developed and, and well revealed to us as we've gone along. And one of the things that I believe that I see it in the Word of God that how churches are birthed is in relationship to the apostolic. You see apostolic teams going forth like Paul and Barnabas and Timothy and, and going out. And like in each one of them have different giftings and they would go out and they would plant churches, Corinth, uh, Ephesus, you know, Galatia, wherever, wherever they're going. And when they would go in, the apostolic ministry would be very, very dominant and strong. But the interesting thing that would be progression, you can see this in Titus chapter 1, but also you can see it three or four places in the book of Acts. One of the first things that they would start to do is they, they would appoint elders in every city. So you've got the apostolic coming in, and, and it sort of like serves as for like an uh, embryo to, to give birth. And so it's like this is a womb. But... Just like with, um, my, my ignorance is going to show out here, but just like in the womb of a, for a baby to develop, the, the womb after the baby's born starts to, it passes. Am I saying that correctly? The womb? The womb stays there. See, yeah, there goes my allergy. What comes out with a baby? 
That's not the womb. Uh, oh, well. That shoots that. Sorry. Yeah, pretend it does. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that helps me. Paula, once we get home, she'll give me sex education. <laughs> Ricky, you're a boy. I'm a girl, you know. <laughs> you can tell, Paula and I have been on this journey for many years. <laughs> uh, going, moving on. So anyway, so you got the apostolic coming in and, and birthing things. And the, and the apostolic will be dominated. And we're really, literally, when my, what I see is, this is where you get senior pastor mindset. But what happens is when the apostolic comes in, is that team comes in, they appoint elders. And, uh, and the purpose of elders is really clear in 1 Peter chapter Five verses 1 where it, it talks about the elders shepherding the flock among you. And it gets repeated in Acts chapter 17 when Paul's speaking to the church at Ephesus and, and talking about the elders to shepherd the flock. Young church. But shepherding, and in 1 Peter 5 you see just two basic purposes or functioning of the elders. And, and really, I think it's narrowed down to this in the Word. And it is to exercise oversight and to be an example to those allotted to your charge. That's it. Elders were that. Those functioning within those two things. And one of the things that we've done in Dwelling Place is that we've had to repent to the elders for putting on them things other than what they were to do, functioning as. And so as a church bursts, is one of the things that will start, starts developing, and also it comes in with the apostolic, is, is fivefold. Fivefold giftings. In Ephesians chapter 4, you know that the Greek word there for gifts in that passage is not charismata, but is doron, different Greek word, which fivefold really simply is about equipping. And I'm right in doing these circles and they have no, I believe they don't have any bearing in, in importance or in significance because I'm going to draw one more circle, which is in relationship to deacons. And you see this birth being birthed in Ephesians, I mean, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 6, in which, to be honest with y'all, this is where ministry, this is where ministry is. If somebody's called into ministry, guess what they're called into? To be a what? A deacon. You know, it's interesting to me, some, some apostles apostolic, Peter and John referred to themselves as elders and apostles. But you know, Paul never refers to himself as an elder. He always refers to himself. In fact, I think it's like six times 
he refers to himself as a deacon. Now, you don't see it mentioned in the English. It's in the Greek. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't think the translators knew what to do with it. They really didn't. And, uh, and so what, what, what the today is about is really what we feel like. It, it's like God's going up, you know, in heaven saying, okay, dwelling place, it's time to grow up. And one of the most crucial things that has not been recognized and been functioning is the ministry as well as the functioning of deacons in the church. You've been doing it. Many of you have been doing it. And, uh, but there has not been the honor to it. Now let me, let me back up here. Why are titles important? Now you guys, I am one that have resisted this very badly. Apostolic, apostle. It still costs part of my Baptist roots to start to manifest within me. But I mean, you know, until I started getting rebuked by some really men of God about this, because why is accepting a title, not that I would say, call me Apostle Rick, or in relationship to you deacons, or you know, whatever, why would that, why would that be important? There's two major, major, major things. One is when you accept in relationship to what God calls, there is an empowerment with it. Also, in the reverse side is in relationship to the people you're ministering to, when they receive you as, like those who receive a prophet as a what? Prophet receives what? Prophet's reward. So if you function in the role of a deacon, one is if you minister in the role of a deacon and people receive you as, and give you honor as a deacon, they will receive that. See, why in, what is it, in Mark chapter, is it Mark chapter 3 or in Mark chapter 5 when Jesus goes into his hometown and they did not receive him as the Messiah. They received him. Oh, he's just one of us. What had happened? Not many miracles among us. And I think there, you know, there's many great things that's happened in Dwelling Place, but in one of the, in one of the things that we have, uh, and I'm the biggest perpetrator of it, um, we have pushed aside, you know, of titles, and y'all, there's a balance in this, okay? There's a balance. But a, a, not a title like in the title that I have a name page, but a title like in what God is recognizing is going on. I mean, you know what? Is it, could it be that some of the miracles that we've longed to see have not been released into our body because we've just reverted, referred to everybody just as common? In other words, Somebody can come into our midst like Jesus and we don't recognize and respond according to that honor or give honor according to. And so one of the things that's very, very important in relationship to this today is I think we have sinned in the, in the structuring of dwelling place and in the, in the functioning of deacons. Because... Uh, 
Um, get that uh, Facebook page up you read to me the other day, Chris, would you please? I want to I want you to hear this because you know Deacon uh, Deacon and Deaconess. Um, I mean, listen to this. This is not said about fivefold. This is not said about apostolic. This is not said I said about um, elders. This is the only thing that's ever said about any role in the church in relationship to deacons. Those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a high standing and great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. That's pretty big, isn't it? So you are sitting here today because the leader, there's, because really, literally, the body of Christ in dwelling place has recognized you. The Spirit of God in the body of the dwelling place has recognized you and the functioning of you and the ministry that you have exhibited and carried out in this body. And God's saying, I believe God is saying today, honor. Honor. See, because if you, I don't have time to go into all the details of this, but this is where the ministry flows. This is where the equipping occurs. And I drew the circles. Please don't equate anything, the location of the circles or anything like that. I think they, you know, there's flow. Neither one of them, none of them are more important than the others. You know, and what we have done in the past is you say, oh, well, if somebody's an elder, they should, they're in ministry. No, no, no. These were the old people. They were the elders. They're the ones that sit at the gate while the deacons were out doing the stuff. Where's Joe Davidson? They're late. Okay. That's the, yeah, well, that's cool. Joe Davidson this morning is, y'all know my background. Y'all know my history. And, you know, if there's, ac if there's action going on, I'm one of, man, let you know, let me be in it. But I've gotten older. And Joe's praying about, you know, um, he went in intercessor prayer time this morning in service, and he's like, oh, Jesus, let's go to the nations. I mean, to the communities in New River Valley. You know, this whole thing about he's just praying intercession about, you know, us touching this area. And I'm going, part of me is going, oh, can I go? And now our guy's going saying, you just be you. You be you. And it's sort of like, almost like, no, Rick, it's time for you to sit at the gate. It's time for you to sit at the gate. And uh, because there's a place that where the fire of ministry is no longer so much in the midst of me. It's just kind of crazy. It's, and that causes major manifestations when another person like myself, you know, you have a tendency to want to cause stuff to happen. And God's not doing it. Because why? It's just really the cool thing is it's not about an individual. It's about a, a body. It's not about just a small group of leaders like elders dictating the flow of a church. It's the functioning of the body as a whole. And Chris, would you come and read that, please? And I want you to in relationship, to share what you shared with me this morning about the baton thing and about the impetus or whatever word we came up with this it was morning. Not impetus. impetus, that maybe. 
That was the word I said. The urgency. I was trying to make up words, and I think that's not a cool thing. This is something Craig wrote. Craig actually wrote it, so I was asking him, like, don't you want to go read it? No. <laughs> so Craig wrote this just last week, and he posted it on Facebook. If, um, if you guys saw, I just think it's awesome. To the this is you. To the unseen Adams, I want to create a documentary that focuses on the power of God through the gifts of administration and helping, on those parts of the body that we think less honorable. Upon these we bestow the greater honor, the unseen laborers who only care about seeing the one who is unseen. The ones who have no Facebook because it would be detrimental to their work or they just don't see the point in it. The ones who do in secret solely for the one who sees and rewards in secret. These are the unseen atoms who vibrate not for the glory of men, but for the glory of God alone. They just want to be seen by him. That is enough. These are the ones who work above ground in the office way in the back, whose work, graced by God, utterly determines the greater outcome, but is nearly untraceable and or never mentioned. These are the ones underground, in secret meetings, dark places, late nights, early mornings, as the rest of the world sleeps, wakes up, and reaps the benefit of their sweat and sleep deprivation. The praying, the planners, the plotters, the maintenance, the ones who pick up our earthly trash after heaven comes down in our gatherings, the tireless encouragers, number crunchers, etc. Of course, to make a documentary for these peculiar people would be nearly impossible. Their work is done in secret and for an audience of one. To the unseen atoms in the body of Christ, keep vibrating. Without you, the body would not exist. Isn't that awesome? Um, so when Ben shared, was, he was praying yesterday before the meeting, and he was just, you know, lost in intercession and interceding about the... Um, the Olympics and the, the passing of the baton, and I could tell what was on his heart was passing the baton to the generation that's after him, and I, I was honestly really impressed by that. There's not very many 20-somethings who are already thinking about the generation behind them, and um, that's just admirable. It shows the leadership um, that is on his life that he's already thinking about empowering the next generation. That's really, really rare. That's a, that's a sign of a true leader, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but by the time we hit our, our 40s, that should be uh, our all-consuming thought, is our entire job is to raise up the leaders behind us. The passing on of the baton is something that I, uh, I, I think, on a grand scale, not just dwelling place, but almost every church that I've been involved with over the last couple of years, they've been wrestling with. And this is no insult to, um, to Rick or anybody else. I mean, I know there are several men of God that have been fathers to Craig and I that have been going through this um, kind of awkward, clumsy, I don't know how to do this, but I think I'm supposed to pass this on, and then it worked, it didn't work, and working through all of that because this is the age where the Lord is molding the apostolic, right? He's, he's pushing the apostolic out and, and wanting the apostolic to rise up and be what it's called to be. But in that, it's messy because we don't know how to do it. There's not a whole lot of examples to follow. I didn't, did you ask me to preach? 
<laughs> I got the mic now. <laughs> but, so in that, I've been watching this on a grand scale, okay? So it's not just dwelling place. But I, I think Ben, as he was praying yesterday, was really um, tapping into something that in all honesty, and I, don't, I, I know gr- the grace of God is all over this. God knew it was going to happen, but the, the passing of the baton from Rick to the, the leaders and then to the deacons, the, the passing of the baton of the stewardship and the, and the ministry of this house, I think should have happened a, a, quite a while ago. Not that Rick wouldn't still be involved, not that Rick isn't still honored in the house, not that his leadership isn't still very much a part of things. But in order for the next generation to really rise up, and I told the, the team of elders, uh, whenever that was, all the meetings blur to blur, um, that they just really don't know how amazing they are, that they could go out and plant four more churches just with this amazing team of elders. They just, um, the, the, the strength and leadership in this house is overwhelming. It's really, really rare. This, um, most churches that I know of are struggling to find quality leaders and raise them up, and you guys have an overabundance. And, and really, I think there's a responsibility in that, to be honest, of, of why is there an overabundance of strong, powerful leaders all of you in this room, it's, it's, it's abnormal. It's not common. And so I do think um, you're late. I'm just going to prophesy it. You're late in the passing of the baton. You're not disqualified. God's catching you up, but it needs to happen on many levels. Like I told Tammy that she's already to, to start moving into grandparenting, right? Like it's, she should already, and, and and Leah and, and Mitch and Tulio, they're already, they're ready to start raising up the next generation of leaders and already start ready to, you know, they're almost ready to pass the baton themselves off to the, the Bens and the Daniels and the next generation. Not fully, but that, that, that season of, of transferring it over to the next generation is almost upon you. And they have not fully grabbed the baton from Rick and Polly yet. So there is, I think there's going to be a speed of a catch-up time. And you guys weigh all this out. You could totally disagree. I don't even know if Rick knew I was going to share as much as I just did, and I might be in trouble. So weigh it out. You can say you disagree, but that's what I'm feeling. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But it's, but it's so significant, she said the way she said it. I'll be honest with you, it's a lot in relationship to the stuff is in me, is in relationship to elders but also in relationship to deacons. And I think it's time for the, the baton of ministry to be passed to you and, and for you to receive it. And, uh, and I want to clarify something because I, I just want to bring security to something in relationship to the apostolic. You know, y'all, most of y'all like, a lot of y'all have been with me a lot, and you've seen me manifest down through the years in weird ways. Some, when everything would get overwhelming, and and I would want to run, you know, and want to go, and you know, and it is a really interesting time for me. I don't want to say it's hard. Yeah, I've been struggling with depression. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Paula looked at me at times, said, "Rick, where are you?" You know, and and I'm just checking out. You know, it's just sort of what's going on in me. But it's, you know, and God just said to me, just go with a ride, Rick. Don't try to fix it. Don't try to fix yourself. Don't. And so, okay, God, I'm going with this weakness. All right, Lord. And um, I don't know where I was going with that. 
I said, oh, what I was going to say, like, you know, like Robert and Catherine have seen a lot of things in me in the past. But the real thing is, it's kind of cool to me in this, that this time of weakness, I'm here, y'all. I'm here. But the question is, is how am I here? And I feel like, I believe that God did give me an assignment, and I was, along with Mark and, and Tom, an apostolic leader in relationship to this church. And in relationship to apostolic, you know, there's, there's five, I mean, sorry, four major functions of apostolic. Fathering. Now, all you in here are fathering. Fathering and mothering. But there's a difference between fathering and mothering individuals and fathering and mothering churches. When you, an apostolic leader, an apostle, fathers and mothers, churches, not just individuals. That's where it, that's how the progression will flow. You get used to fathering and mothering individuals, and then all of a sudden God says, all right, next, next, next facet. Now father and mother churches. So fathering and mothering, foundations. Um, fathering, mothering, foundations, ordering. Not administration, ordering. And there's one more in the middle. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much, Ben. Outside the boundaries. However you spell boundaries. So these are these are very crucial. Now watch this, and this is why I want you to understand what Chris just said. My role and my function has been in relationship to foundations. Paul makes a statement in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and also 2 Corinthians chapter 13. He says, the authority which I have received from the Lord for building, for building, literally I'm just going to call it what it says in the Greek, for building and not tearing down. For building. Well, what does an apostle build? What's on there? Huh? Foundations. Does an apostle build the house? No. And that's where you, Paul makes this statement in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, I laid a foundation and another is building on it. So you know what? My role in this church is to, was to build, in Mark's role and Tom's role, our major role was to build what? What, y'all? Foundations. What's your role? build on it. Now, I will, I have a responsibility in relationship to the foundation, and if the foundation starts to be altered, guess what the apostolic will do? Rise up. When we, when we, uh, I knew that the role of the apostolic, I told the elders, a lot of the crew that's around me, I says, I'm going to, I'm going to raise up, I'm going to rise up in more authority, started around Christmas time, well, right in the fall, I'm going to step up in more authority in dwelling place. Why, why did God tell me to step up more in authority in dwelling place? What is the last what's the thing we've been fo focusing on really a lot the last six, seven months? What was a major issue in our church? It was to be a foundation. What, Jen? Women. That last 
time that when all of that went through, it was like the Lord said, foundation's laid. You're through, Rick. I don't go anywhere. I'm here. I'm here as a part of this to function. But, but my, the maj my major assignment from the Lord, guess what? Has been finished. You know, to, uh, which is, you know, it's really cool. It's what's called a, a grandfather and a grandmother. Because this, and I think, uh, I'm just going to say this, and you'll hear more in different angles from this in relationship to me. But I think it's time for me to, I'll continue to teach, to equip, to impart, and that's what I'm about, just to impart. You know, when Max and Francis will be with us next weekend, and you know what I'm going to be doing with them a lot? Impart. And play. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's always, that's imparting, playing to me. But it's just imparting them that they're loved and that it's important. I show you Michelle's deal to build on foundations. And I may help Shay how to, to build, but it's his role. And I think God is saying, you have, just like what Chris said, there's a bunch of men of, and women of honor in this church that, that it's time for them to be recognized in the place and the significance they have in this body. And it is you. Heaven declares, what did I read in 1 Timothy chapter, chapter uh, 3? Heaven declares that you are men and women a high standing within the faith. And I think it's one is two things have to occur. One is, is it has to be recognized and two is, is uh, you have to what? Receive it. You got a Bible. Two past scripture I want you to catch. And this is very important. And I'm, then we're going to shut up. And Melissa's going to, we're just going to enter into a time of worship. And I'm going to ask you to uh, go into two past scripture. First. There's 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, and also 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. Y'all, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not dying. I'm not moving on. And I'm not. But, where did I go? 410. Which one I want to read first? I'll read, I'll read 4.10 first, and then we'll go to 2 Timothy, and then we'll put them together. Nope, I'm sorry. I'm going to go to 2 2 Timothy first. Paul's speaking to Timothy, and he says, You be sober in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. But you be sober in all things, endure hardship. Now, which is what he says. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill what? Your what? Ministry. What did I say the main function of a deacon is? Is to flow and function in what? Ministry. Ministry. And again, this is not fivefold. It's interesting to me like Chris, 
Craig were telling me they just got back from the Middle East. Y'all heard them say that. And interesting to me, Chris said, I didn't speak in any of the churches. All I did was hang around with the leaders and strengthen them. You know what you said, basically? Because guess what she was doing? She was equipping. She was equipping the leaders who were doing the, what? Ministry. Now, important thing is here. Notice what it says about Timothy. Do the work of an evangelist. What is that? That is a what? Gifting. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your, what? Ministry. What does the ministry in Timothy? Is what? Is what? Do the work of a, an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. What does the work? I mean, what fulfills your ministry? The what? Gifting. How God created you does the works that you were created. And so the gifting in you, whether, whether you know, I, I look around this room and I, it's just really cool to see the different giftings just sitting right here and it's so beautiful to look at it from up here. But you, you, just let me build this step. Your gifting fulfills your ministry. Your gifting does the works that fulfills the ministry which God has given to you before the foundations of the world. Ephesians 2.10. Now go to the second, the first Peter passage. As each of you has, what does it say? Received. Don't put special in there if you've got a New American Standard. Special is not in the Greek. As each of you have, what? Received a gift, then what? Employ it. Well, there's something today that we feel like needs to happen. And that's why it's really cool. Craig and Chris are here. Uh, I'm really going to get Leanne in this. And Jared, Jared's still here? Jared. Did he go somewhere? Oh, no, there he is, yeah. Um, is that we believe that there's some of you have some things to receive. You've got to receive it. Some of you have been denying what's been there, and God's saying receive it. Receive it. Some of you, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, says... Fan in the flames the gift that is within you. Some of you, some of the gifts that are within you have li started lying dormant. And God's saying, fan it in the flames. So what we want to do is add into a time is that I believe that there's going to be some impartation to occur. There's going to be some, like Paul made the statement to Timothy, he says, you know, fan in the flame, which the gift that was given you through the prophetic utterance. You know, so it... So a prophetic word comes forth that God's imparting something and you have to receive it. Some of you already have received and it needs to be fanned in the flames and some of you need to employ it. The overarching thing about everything is is that we want to declare, declare over you honor and blessing. And so... Uh, We're, part of this is happening because we haven't been the best baton passers. And, um, and I think 
Paula and Leah offered us as a team some wisdom about clearly passing the baton. And that's why it was important for tonight to occur before the Joel meeting next week. And so that you would, um, it's hard to walk in something that you're not holding. So are you doing that? Am I passing the baton? No. Are you repenting? I, yeah, I can. I, I don't know that I need to be by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait, and there might be a few others that need to come, come forward. So that didn't pass baton. So it's hard to pass baton. It's like, but um, the analogy this morning. I'm trying to. Ted Dean sold his business this week, and um, you know, in his spirit, he's there's. It's hard. That's. That's like his fourth, fifth child, you know? And so he's having to trust someone else who then hired him <laughs> to work for them, you know? And that it's great things. I mean, it's not, it's something that they strategically planned, but he did, wasn't anticipating the hard part of going like this. And he's done, and now he's done this, and his hand's empty, you know? So I'll just say on behalf of the elders, would you forgive us for not cleanly passing batons? for passing something and not really releasing it. We did one of these. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. I'm, we're laughing, but we know that that's true. And we're asking you to forgive us. The, the picture I had was, that it was like in the Olympics, a 4 by 100 relay. And I got a picture of, like, Tulio, say Tulio. And we're supposed to be handing a baton until Leo's there going like this. And I'm going, going. I'm going on by. Tulio's <laughs> 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 uh, grabbing it. I'm just going, hey, Tulio, what are you doing? <laughs> I got it. I can do it all. Mark, you got something you want to add? Mark, you got something you want to add? So, do you forgive us? Go. Forgive us for learning how to do this on the road. You know? But, you know, sometimes I've found is the end is not the major thing. It's the journey that you take. You know, together. You know, when Paul and I first got married, we didn't know what, what it is to be married. The journey to discover what it means to be married has been a lot of the reward, you know? Learning how to raise kids. Now I know how to raise kids. And I don't have any kids. <laughs> and that's why Max and Francis, there are many times I'll hold Max and I'll just cry. I mean, I literally just weep. And I'm going, God. And I just feel like God's just going, well, now you know what, how to raise kids, but, you know. Like, Yo, yeah, God, but, and they said, no. And so that's what's so really cool about this. We're just now figuring out how to do some of this stuff. But here's the cool part, y'all. The next generation after you don't have to figure it out. The Renas don't have to, Renas don't have to figure it out. Her generation. 
was cool. This internship program, we set apart three today that were grandbabies. Along with Josh and, and uh, well, Josh and Kaylee, were, weren't they the first two? So. I just want to say, um, just like grandparenting is rewarding, that, um, you know, as we release you guys <laughs> into that next place by taking the baton, we're releasing you guys, that we release you to enjoy these seasons, you know, whether it's parenting or grandparenting, so that you can fully enjoy and not have to be, you know, worried about what's happening with the next generations. We just want to say well done and enjoy. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, bud. So, so can we go into a time of worship? And I just want to ask you uh, to set in a mode of receiving, stirred up, and maybe the Lord's given direction about employment employing that which God has already given you. So, strategies from heaven. And then what we're going to do is interact prophetically. And, uh, you know, Craig, Chris, and Leanne, Jared, I just ask you really, any of the elders here, um, Mark, any of y'all, just listen to the Lord. And we'll just uh, go with